What up, people? It's Solo, and welcome to SideQuest. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about why physical and digital games cost the same. Granted, this is not going to be a thoroughly, in-depthly researched thesis paper on the history of video game prices and why it got to where it is. Um, I do talk a little bit about inflation, though, so that's something. Uh, But it is a little bit anecdotal, a little bit of back in the napkin calculations, and a general picture and breakdown of pricing to just sort of explain or give a little bit of an understanding of how this sort of came about. Uh, People like games, subscribe, like, plugs, whatever you're supposed to do. Let's get into it. Why do physical and digital games cost the same? Uh, Basically, more or less, because the consumers are willing to pay for it at the same exact price. uh, And over time, publishers have seen that, so they don't see a reason to suddenly drop the price of digital and make it cheaper, same way that e-books and physical books started off as. Uh, Now I think there's still a little bit of a disparity in pricing, but you would assume that physical books are just more expensive because of the production it costs, so that's what we're going to get into. So say you have a $60 game and you're a publisher and you release it digitally, you are going to lose 30% because that is what the platform fee is for PlayStation, Microsoft. There's like a big lawsuit about this with Apple. 30% is sort of the standard for online market store places. So you release your $60 game, you lose 30%. Now you got 42 bucks, but that goes straight to pocket. That's the end of it. Any replication cost of that game digitally is free. You just have to put it in different places. So you don't have any additional cost of having to make it to get it in front of people. You just have to just put it in different places. Yeah, you have maintenance fees, et cetera, but both sides will have maintenance fees. Now let's move over to the physical version, right? So you automatically have a $60 game. You're going to include the cost of actually making it and packaging it, uh, the cost of distributing it, the cost of the platform fee, because there's still going to be one. It won't be 30%, but PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo will still charge you to release a game on there. Uh, then you have the retail fee, which is the percentage that the retailer is going to take for selling it, as well as what you have to sort of mark away for potential returns, because in retail, to a certain degree, you sell items. And if there's a certain amount not sold by the retailer, they can actually send those back for a discount or a credit. The whole point being, you have to set aside money for it. The argument is then there's a cost inherent. And so is, is that cost that I just explained in the actual creation and replication of a physical game, 30%, same way that it is for just a flat fee for digital? The answer is probably a little more or less um, about 30%. It could be a little bit more. And so a publisher's pricing four or five bucks less on a game. So they're not going to make, say, 42 on a $60 game as they would digital straight to pocket. They may, might make 35 and there's a lot more variability. So it is in the publisher's advantage to be digital only, not to mention that they're automatically kills the secondary market because every time that game is resold, the retailers profit, but the actual publishers don't. And so if you want a little bit of consolidation, you got to eliminate the middleman and people are willing to pay for digital because there's a convenience to it. You don't got to go anywhere. You don't got to buy anything. You don't got to change discs. A lazy consumer has sort of made that the price point. The actual $60 price point, or now I guess 70 is going to be the new gen price point, uh, actually came about during the PS3 360 era. That was actually during a really interesting time period, if anybody here is a sports fan, where I think 2K and NBA and the live series, which are the two sports franchises, ended up beefing over prices because 2K, I think, was suddenly released $20 games for football, basketball. That, we're going to do a series. I'm going to get, I'm going to dump into that because I'm just going to 
tangent all the way through there and just sort of waste all the time. Yeah, arguably their digital games should be cheaper because physical games obviously have inherent real world costs and with the replication cost. So it's all in the replication. So digital is easy because you can just infinitely replicate it as zero additional costs, whereas physical has an inherent cost. But now let's just say that this is very expensive and even $70 is expensive. As much as I want to agree that it is a lot, just because recreationally fun stuff is expensive again, or just very expensive. Uh, historically, it's actually not the most expensive it's ever been. Uh, if we go back to actually 1977 with the original Atari, the games at that point were $39.99. With inflation, that would be $170 today. Would you spend $170 on a game today? Just say. NES. Came out in 1985. Game cost $45. I balk at $45 today. That was $108 in fucking 1985. That didn't change. Like Sega had $50 games, which was like 108. Super Nintendo, $60 games, 118. Like realistically, for what players are getting, especially now that we've even moved to free to play, which inherently means that you don't even have to necessarily pay any money. Like I pay $10 for access to Halo. In 1977, you paid fucking $170 for Pong. Like, you see what I'm saying? So there's there's a little bit of a, you know, it's sort of keep this in perspective as to what you're getting technologically, man hours wise, and just as a creative product, even with bugs included, uh, comparative to what you used to get and for the price. Um, but the basis as to, hey, you know, is there a statistical basis for why these games have the exact same price point other than nine out of 10 people will just click buy on the digital one because it's in front of them and sort of go through the process of buying the physical one. I'm, I'm, I'm going to argue no. Um, and so for all intents and purposes, the move to digital only has been great for publishers and for the platforms because the platforms can charge them 30%. The publisher is still getting more fee, but they don't have to de uh, deal with the entire headache of the distribution process, which I'm sure is 10 times more difficult. And I believe the digital only distribution system has opened the door to the sort of blossoming of indie titles that we've seen, which wasn't always the case when you had this sort of hierarchical structure of trying to get into the game industry and release games through this sort of entrenched process. So there's good, there's bad. The price arbitrary uh but cheaper than it used to be or could be um so even though it's 70 bucks historically they're not getting ripped off so was this the most informative episode in the world i don't know i can't tell you i just wanted to rant a little bit about it because i think that shit's nonsensical but same way i thought that you know mobile phone monetization was but if enough people are willing to pay for it then why would they have an incentive to suddenly make it cheaper so that's all uh, I literally had to add. Um, we'll be back again on Saturday. Part three of Pokemon uh, is coming out. That'll be called the Soft Reboot. So check that out. I did a Jenga chess, uh, Jenga, Jenga speed run uh, earlier this week too. So check us out. People like games, uh, Instagram, YouTube, yada, yada. Um, I'm Solo. We'll be back. Peace.